Welcome to Positively Empowered Kids podcast. Listen to interviews from adults and children passionate about children's well-being. Join us to feel inspired and empowered. Hope you enjoy listening. I am here with the incredible Paul McGee um, today. Hi, Paul. Hi, Claire. It's good to be here. It's absolutely wonderful of you to um, have agreed to take part in this and be with us today. So thank you so much. Um, I wanted to just start a little bit by just explaining why it's Paul that I've approached as being part of this day. Um, and I think I've told Paul bits of this story over the past, so um, I'll just keep it brief. Um, but I encountered Paul McGee back in uh, 15 years ago now, um, when I was actually gifted um, his book, Sumo. Um, and at the time, I was actually going through um, a few issues. Um, I'd been diagnosed with um, chronic fatigue syndrome, and I had also been suffering with my own mental health. And somebody gave me that book and said, look, I think this will really just resonate with you um, in terms of the way it's written, the kind of, um, you know, the quirky style to it, but actually the really straight talking message. And from that point on, I was an absolute fan. So when I bumped into you at a conference a couple of years ago, didn't know you were going to be there. I was absolutely in my element and um, just pleased to say that we've been able to keep in touch since that. So you've been making quite a big impact on people. Yeah, I mean, so are here. I mean, I've, my own journey is one where I've had my own challenges. I too uh, had chronic fatigue syndrome or ME, myalgic encephalomyelitis years ago. And I think one of the things that made why I've had an impact on other people is because I didn't set out this journey to write books and speak at conferences. I set out on my journey, really, of personal development and to raise my self-awareness because of my own struggles and my own challenges. Yeah. What I've just realised is when you're open and honest about your own struggles and challenges, but also some strategies you've discovered on how to help yourself, you then begin to think, well, if they've helped me, well, maybe they can help other people as well. And that's certainly been the case, which has been hugely encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you're now a worldwide, internationally renowned speaker, um, international bestseller. So obviously it's, um, it, it's getting through to people. It is making a difference. So tell me. Well, yeah, hope, hopefully so. Yeah. And I think yeah. because hopefully I, I try and communicate in a way that's down to earth, practical and really Definitely. accessible. It, that I think that definitely helps the situation in terms of put people trying to embrace the message and learn from it. Yeah, definitely. So, so tell me a little bit about your your background, your sort of training and career history before this point. Yeah, well, um, my background's in behavioural and social psychology, so I did a degree at uh, Bradford University in the days when most of the people watching this would not have even been born. And um, it also gave me a qualification to work as a probation officer, but I decided after I got my degree, I didn't want to go down the probation officer route. So I worked um, in HR, it was called personnel and development then, yeah. but HR now, human resources, was a graduate management trainee with a big multinational, Unilever. They owned a company called Birdseye Walls, worked with them. Um, and I always remember a, a, a very interesting point in my career. I'd been spent the first six months of, of my time of working with them. It was like, you know, pushing paper and being in an office all day. And then the, the factory manager said to me, you know, it'd be really good for your development. You spent some time actually in the factory 
managing the 30 women on the economy beef burger line. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. And I always say the same two lessons ago from that example. One, don't eat economy beef burgers. And, and secondly, I always go, you know, when arrogance meets ignorance, that is a really dangerous cocktail. And, and I think I was a bit of both. So it was an interesting experience for me. Suddenly my four-year degree didn't seem like it had quite equipped me for managing 30 women in a factory, no. has to be said. Um, but it was within 12 months, that's when I became ill with ME. And so um, I was ill for over three years. And although I didn't feel fully recovered, there came a point where I thought maybe I could work part-time, but I couldn't get a job because I couldn't pass the medical and I knew it wasn't fully well. So it was actually in those deep, dark days of 1991 where I, uh, I signed off invalidity benefit and started my own business. And my first year... I had a grand total of a turnover of £2,300. So I ended up paying no tax, no national insurance, and my accountant actually sacked me. So <laughs> it's been, it wasn't the most um, auspicious of starts, it has to be said. Mm. But that is 29 years ago now, and over time, things have developed and have grown. Books have been written, spoken in a few countries. But that's a little bit about my, kind of like my journey to where I am now. Yeah, and, it, and it's amazing because, you know, everyone does kind of encounter these bumps in the road, isn't, don't they? And, um, and I think it, it's just very um, dependent on our mindset, which, as we know, we can grow and we can change of what we do with that information and how we kind of move forward. So what, what would you say led you to writing the Sumo book? Was it a combination of all these things happening? Yeah, I think one of the things purely from a point of view of a business point of view is you know, I operate in the motivational world, but I, I've got no, I've never climbed Everest. I haven't walked to the North Pole single-handedly. I'm not a cancer survivor. I've got no gold medals to wave in front of you. So there was partly a sense of which being able to say I'm author of was actually very important. So there was mm. that side of things. Yeah. I'm not going to say that ego didn't come into it because I think walking into a bookstore and seeing your book on the, on the shelf um, can be quite a nice thing internally. Mm. But I think the thing above all that was driving me was I'd started to talk about some of these sumo ideas. And by the way, sumo, if you're not familiar with it, can stand for shut up, move on. And I always go, the shut up bit's not as aggressive as you think. It's more shut up, take time out, stop, think, mm. reflect, press pause. It can also mean stop, understand, move on. But thinking about that, which would have been around from about 2003 to 2004, I get so many people saying to me, I wish my husband could hear this, or my kids would benefit from this, or I wish my sister could hear what you had to say. And then people started to say, you know, you really should write a book about this. Mm -hmm. So it was a combination of getting a bit of credibility, probably massaging a little bit of my ego, and also I knew there was a need there and there was a market there because people were actually telling me, write the book. Um, it did get rejected by 13 publishers, it has to be said. But it came out in 2005 and it's 10th anniversary edition that came out in 2015 ended up becoming a Sunday Times bestseller. So I'm glad I didn't quit after the 13 rejections. Yeah, so you're a JK Rowling's as well, aren't you? I mean, you hear about yeah, all not, these not people. Not so, there's many <laughs> there and there's no, there's no we need a film. <laughs> coming out on Stumo, not, not, any, not at the moment anyway, who not, knows? I don't know, I, I can imagine a little animation scene going on, you know. Could happen, could happen, Stumo the cartoon, there's, yeah. there's possibly mileage in that. 
and I think I am um, I, I, I kind of know where you're coming from because obviously having read all of your books and taken them all in um, you know I identify myself with the personality type of, of being the sort of the cheerleader type of mm. thing and, and kind of feeling that you kind of need that recognition and credibility as well um, so for me you know that's one of my big dreams you know one, one to say I'm doing this interview even today and, and some of the other things that I've done this past year have been amazing um, but yeah. yeah I like to feel like I'm part of something but also recognized for it and once we sort of know that about ourselves we can really sort of move in the right direction to kind of fulfill ourselves. Yeah, I think there is that sense in which I would say a, um, a change in identity can lead to a change in behaviour. Mm. And I think sometimes we can put ourselves down, play small, or, well, I could never do that. And yet when you begin oh. to see that maybe we all have something to offer, I always go that, you know, leadership isn't a title, it's a behaviour. And so there are parents listening to this, there are carers listening to this, there are teachers who might not have that title leader, but we've all had to show some leadership in the last few weeks and months. And so I think for you in your own journey, Claire, suddenly you begin to go, well, actually, I, you know, if you grow in your own personal confidence and your own identity, that starts to influence your behaviour. You push a few more doors, you take a few more risks, and hopefully you're impacting other people in a really positive way as you do so. Yeah, which is a really great message, as you say, for the families, the children that are watching, you know, that, it, that it's worth doing that and, and putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And how would you say that um, so Sumo has actually helped other people? Kind of what stories have you heard other than mine? I've heard all, all kinds of stories, so, um, some positive, some rather dramatic. Um, there was, you know, it's a, it's a sad story, um, a lady up in the northeast who contacted me after she'd heard me speak and got my book and, um, and had been in a, in a violent relationship that, and it gave her the courage to actually wow. leave that violent relationship. And the email, which I, I printed off and I'll treasure all my life, it's quite an emotional one to read, is that one of the few things she took when she went and left her home and stayed in the, in the woman's refuge was my sumo book. And she said, I used to get the other girls, the other women, and I'd start to teach them a bit about sumo, which I still find incredibly moving now, just to recall that. On, a, on another note, I've spoken at an event in North Yorkshire, and two years later, I was back. And this woman comes up to me, she says, oh, I heard you speak when you came here two years ago. I said, that's nice to see you. She says, yeah, I'm getting married next month, and that's because of you. And I went, well, wow, <laughs> well that's wonderful. How have I played a part in this? And she said, two years ago, when I heard you speak, you I, I just split up with my boyfriend. And I had this attitude because I still loved him. And I thought, well, if it's meant to be, something will happen. Fate will determine. We'll bump each, 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 into each other in the high street. Magically kind of like fall in love again and, and everything will be fine if it's meant to be. And, and she said, but when I heard you speak and you use this phrase, you know, don't leave your dreams in the bin. And you talked about seizing the day. And she thought, you know what? I'm not going to leave it to chance. I'm going to make a choice. And she said, so I heard you speak that day, got your book. And then that evening, I just decided to ring up my ex-boyfriend. And I just went, hi, how are you doing? I just need you to know, actually, I still love you. And um, so they got back together. And, um, and then they were getting, you know, two years later, they were going to get married. So a host of different uh, yeah. stories some as i say some quite dramatic some of them relatively ordinary but it's given people a bit of 
believe themselves and realise that they can get through some of the challenges they face. Yeah, and sometimes even just a little effect, you know, have a massive effect on people's lives. You just never know, do you? So there is, yeah, I, I think for all of us, we don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm fortunate. I seem to have this big platform in terms of my my conference speaking and my books mm. but we all have our own platform and we don't always realize that you know there's a word we say to someone or there's an act of kindness that we make that has an impact on someone that can have an impact on someone else it's like i mm. came across this phrase you know add value when you add value to people they're in a position to add value to others mm. and you know it's the kind of like the, the maximizing effect of your influence and i think it's all of the, something we all need to be aware of that we don't always realise, in a sense, the, the consequences of our actions, which hopefully yeah. are going to be positive and can make a difference to others. Yeah, and sometimes you will never know what that is. Absolutely, so, no. And what do you, um, so in terms of the event today, so obviously we're celebrating families around the world um, and, you know, family is so important at this time at the moment, you know, and whether it be that we're stuck in a house with, <laughs> with our family, you know, day in, day out, or, you know, actually missing our family um, that we can't see at the moment. So what was it that made you want to be sort of part of or agree to be part of the event today? Well, Claire, there's, there's, there's two reasons. One of the reasons would be you, because I think um, life is about relationships. And um, I do have a lot going on on the plate at the moment, mm -hmm. a lot of requests to do all kinds of things. So I think one of the lessons is, you know, cultivate your connections and your relationships, because I think people are more willing to want to help you and support you when there's a relationship than maybe mm. when it's with someone who's a stranger you've never heard of. Yeah. So on one level, it's down to you. But on a second level, you know, what we're going through is um, life. We weren't prepared for this one, I don't think. And um, everyone needs as much help and support as they can get. And I think there's a phrase I came across recently. We might be in the same storm, but we're sailing in different boats. And I think some people have got a little boat. Some of them have got, you know, family support on that boat. Others may be single parents who've got three or four children, maybe under the age of 12, and they're having to navigate these waters predominantly on their own. You know, some people have got great access and support from the schools. Others have got less of that. Some have got, you know, outside areas for their children to play in. Some don't have that. And so I think whatever situation you're in, we all face our own unique challenges. We're all in our own boats. And, and sometimes maybe we can just get some tools and some ideas. And I think sometimes some reassurance that we're doing okay. And yeah. I think um, it's a privilege actually to have this opportunity to share some of my stuff along with all the other speakers that you've got, because I think we all, whatever our situation and whatever boat we're sailing in, we need support this is not about doing it on your own yeah and, and that's amazing and and then that leads us nicely into maybe you talking about one of your um one of your famous kind of coping mechanisms and um, which i use all the time and i even the other day I, I said it to my daughter i said you know we were talking about hippo time so explain a little bit about that to us because i think that's going to help a lot of people at this time sure i mean the book's called sumo shut up move on otherwise i say it can also stand for stop, understand, move on. And people can think that's a little bit aggressive, that phrase, should it move on. And one of my sumo principles in the book, and I talk about events, is, as you say, called hippo time is okay. So it's that sense in which you can't always immediately move on. What are hippos doing mud? They wallow. And there are times when we need to just 
you know, acknowledge that, hey, I'm, I'm not having a great day today. For whatever reason, I felt, um, you know, emotional about things. Yesterday I was fine. Tomorrow I'll be okay. But today I'm not feeling good. And it's that sense in which, and that's okay, because that's part of being human. And, yeah. and maybe you need to uh, get out of that, you know, get out of the heat of the situation, like, like hippos do. They get out of the heat and go into the mud or the water to cool down and in a sense to play what's interesting is the mud on their skin actually heals them from the effects of the sun and i think we all need permission at times to this isn't this is a challenge and at times i'll navigate it well but there are times when i might feel mad about something maybe it's the behavior of my kids i'll feel bad about sometimes my own behavior maybe because i overreacted and i'll feel sad about the whole situation or missing other members of my family and so to feel mad, bad, or sad, I want you to say to people, you know what, that is okay. You're having some hippo time, you're having a bit of a wallow. And I mean, I should not be on this call with you today. I should be on a cruise through the Norwegian mm. fjords. My oh, wife's sorry. never been. It was our special sort of holiday, but I'm in good old sunny Warrington instead. <laughs> now, you have time to like digest your disappointment, and people have had weddings postponed and all kinds of family events. And I want to say to people, it is okay. However, there's a second element to hippo time we need to be aware of. It's okay, but it's temporary. You know, and, and it's part of our journey at times that we go through this and we feel the way we do at times. But I think a real key point to emphasize also is it's not your destination. And I think if we're not careful, we end up getting, we get sucked into the mud and we can get deeper and deeper drawn into that mud. We get joined by our hippo buddies who all yeah. kind of want to go, oh, let's all wall in the mud together because it's like awful. And it's like <laughs> a point of going, hang on a minute, this is okay, but this is not where we're going to stay. Yeah. And it can get quite comfortable in the mud. And mm. it's like, no, 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 no part of the journey not the destination yeah and, and it's so important and i think particularly at the moment because you know you are in a household with your family and one of you may feel like wallowing one day and you know the other one the next day um so it's a real balancing and, and maybe you know difficult to find that space away from each other to not sure. bring each other down but, but if there's one underlying i think um human trait we need to have and exercise a lot at the moment is compassion and it's compassion for ourselves yeah and it's also compatible as well just to understand that how they're feeling sometimes could be different to you and again that's okay yeah and that leads us to your one of the other principles um i think quite nicely in, in terms of the the analogy that you use using the beach ball yeah it's um what i came across as a metaphor again back in the early 1990s and uh, the best way to explain it is in a sense to show it you so i'm prepared here's one i blew up earlier so if i was to show you this beach ball you know the colors that you see are well you're seeing some orange you're seeing some white so for that white's coming over and you're seeing some red and and that's that's what you see but what's really interesting is i'm looking at the very same beach ball as you and i'm seeing blue white and green and and sometimes in life we're faced with the same scenario the same situation and sometimes our children are seeing things differently from us our partner is other members of our family the schools are the media is the government is and, and sometimes we can get so fixated on our perspective and i'm right and you're seeing things differently so you therefore must be wrong 
And I think in terms of trying to build better relationships with everybody, sometimes I need to shut up thinking that my perspective is the only perspective there is on this situation and just take a little bit of time out to move on and therefore see where other people are coming from. And yeah. so as I take time out to understand your perspective, you know, and even just asking that question to somebody, what's important to you at this time? You know, it means that rather than me guess how best to help you, I, I can ask because when my wife's having some like a real issue or a challenge, she wants to talk it through. When I'm having an issue or a challenge, I want to walk it through. In other words, she needs to talk about it and talk to other people. I often need to take some time out on my own and, and go for a long walk. So I need to understand how best to support the people, understand their side of the beach ball. The thing is, when you've understood other people's side of the beach ball, and, and hopefully you've been able to communicate your side of the beach ball, then we begin to see things a lot more clearly. So in terms of building better relationships, it's always important to remember the beach ball. And, and children will see the beach ball differently to, to adults in, in certain situations. Yeah. And, and we just need to have that compassion and that self-awareness. Okay, I, I'm not thinking this is a big deal, but from their side of the beach ball, they are thinking this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, or I, I, I'm having my hippo time today, and they're having a happy time today. Yeah. So it's just acknowledging that. And I think as a visual metaphor, it's a brilliant way to sort of like acknowledge that we can see the same thing, but see it differently. And rather than disagree and say, well, you're wrong and I'm right. Maybe we could both be right. We've just got a different perspective. So that's something I talk about in more detail in the book and obviously in some of my events that mm. I speak at as well. Yeah, and, and that is, it's one of my favourite things. So I'm very much um, a visual learner um, and I love things that make an impact. And I think, you know, explaining that to the children watching, um, mm -hmm. you know, will have an impact. And even as you're saying it, I can think of activities that I can do with kids um, because what I do is I use all of the different things I've learned and, and then do them with children with, in a kind of creative, fun way. Um, and right. I've just got all sorts of ideas sparking off about Wonderful. that. So. That's good. <laughs> and... And I wanted to talk about the the impact of the mind, uh, the mindset of parents at the moment. Um, and you mentioned something about um, about being calm, about the, how the parents and how that can impact the children. Yeah, there's a little formula I came across many years ago, and the formula is is E plus R equals O. And an E plus R equals O is simply it's the event. It's the event plus my response that influences the outcome. And what I've realized is I need to appreciate that there are some events that happen, some of behaviors that children demonstrate. And my response to that event, to that behavior, will ultimately determine the outcome. And I think in the past, like I think about my, my, both my, my two kids now are in their 20s, my son's a doctor. But I think about when they were younger. And I, was, I wasn't managing the stress levels well. I was working incredible hours. I was traveling all around the country. Um, and, sometimes, and my office was at home and the home was often cluttered with toys. Mm. And I wasn't managing me well. And therefore, when an event happened, when a behavior happened, I wasn't in this kind of like, I need to be calm and respond well and, and, and be more tolerant. I was react, react, react. Yeah. Now, when I'm in reactionment mode, what this, it's like it like everything starts to escalate suddenly my, my daughter's crying because i've shouted and i'm frustrated with this and and it's just it, 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 it affected the atmosphere 
Yeah. And so again, that analogy about put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. You know, in, in trying to care for our children, we need to make sure we still care for ourselves. And so, you know, if we are able to get outside and go for a walk, you know, make sure you do because it's good for the kids, but it's good for you. And if you have got someone else who can share some of the childcare duties with, take a little bit of time out um, for yourself while the other partner, your other person helps with the children and then, yeah. and then reverse the roles. Because when you are calmer, you will still have events and behaviour from children that isn't always great. I don't want to be always reacting, reacting because I've had it up to here. Yeah, yeah. Or do I think, okay, I'm frustrated, but maybe I'll respond in a more effective way. And I think for me, what I learned as a parent was, it was I used to say, you know, I'll be calm when the children are better, when the traffic's better, when and, and everything was about when everything else external is okay, then I'll feel fine. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized is, yeah, but sometimes you can't control that the only thing you can really control is what's going on internally in you yeah. and so learning to do kind of all the techniques you'll learn today maybe previously you know the whole thing around mindfulness the whole thing about understanding self-care is not selfish mm. it's crucial to your success and ultimately your sanity and um you know can i still get a little bit frustrated my two kids in their 20s one of them the doctor is living with his wife with us my daughter is living with us now with a boyfriend so um but what i've realized is you know so there's six of us in the same household and um you know four of us are working from home and it's like that's an interesting kind of dynamic mm. but it's it's learning that i'll handle things well i won't make because often what will happen is i used to play what i call trivial pursuits you make a mountain out of a molehill Mm. You know, and one of the questions I often ask myself is, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is death, where is this issue? You know, and so often you realize, oh, it's a two. And, and so let's not over escalate and over dramatize some of our frustrations yeah. and re- recognize that when I become calmer, it can actually lead to calmer kids as well. Yeah, that's, that's really important. And I think that's something that um, us as parents, we all want, isn't it? You know, we want our children to be balanced, to be relaxed, to be calm. And um, it, it does come from our teaching and our own behaviour. Yeah, it, it does. But also, you know, let, let's, let's, let's lift off that label of needing to be the perfect parent. We're yes. still going to sometimes not handle things well. And I think sometimes maybe it's just like damage limitation. I know when I'm yeah. really frustrated or really wanting to shout or something, I'll just I'll say to my wife, um, I'm just going out for five minutes just to calm down or even take a strategic toilet break. Yeah. I need to get out of the situation. And then when I go to the toilet, I'm just like, okay, calm down. Just give yeah. yourself a little bit of permission to do yeah. that. And you still might not be the the happiest, jolliest parent that evening, but things didn't escalate. Yeah. And so let's, let's realise, yes, of course we influence and impact our children, but and sometimes we'll have difficult days, but as a footballer who I worked with once said to me, you know, just because I had a bad game doesn't make me a bad pair, a bit of a bad player. Mm. And just because you had a bad morning with the children doesn't mean you've suddenly become a bad parent. Yeah. So, you know, go easy on yourself in terms of wanting to always put pile on pressure to be the perfect parent because you won't be. But again, if you can look at strategies to help you, you will ultimately help the children as well. 
yeah fantastic and i mean you're 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 progressing in terms of at the moment you you know you do workshops in schools as well as the businesses side um was there anything else you wanted to sort of tell us about about your work with children and moving forward yeah i mean well in, in fact predominantly um i have someone who i set up just over a year ago something called the sumo for schools foundation so the website is simply, if you go to um, sumo4schools.com, so sumo4schools.com, there are a lot of resources on there to help parents and teachers, uh, to help kids, particularly at this kind of time. Um, and that's basically with the support of a number of different people, particularly a colleague of mine who's developed a number of different guides for people. So you've got the sumo4schools.com website for other resources. And the other thing that I'm super excited about was my publisher, they contacted me last summer and said, um, would you ever think about doing a book for children? And it's like, you know, all the Sumo for Schools stuff was developed by educationalists, not by me. So I kind of like pushed, pushed away that um, mm. opportunity. They came back to me in November, they asked again, and ultimately I kind of said, okay, let's give this a go. Let's move out of my comfort zone. And I um, partnered with my original illustrator who did the original Sumo book in 05 uh, because I realised if, if I'm going to write a book aimed at, I don't know, 10 to 14 year olds, you know, they're not going to say, oh, oh, lots of text, that sounds interesting. It had to be a book that grabs them, not purely by the content, but by the visual impact. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate at the moment, I have seen some of the illustrations that, that Fiona, my illustrator, has done. And they are flipping fantastic, but I also know there's some really, really important messages in that book. And even if you say, well, I could never get my child to read a book. Do you know what? I don't think you need to get them to read the book. Maybe just leave it hanging around because they'll be, they'll be, they'll be curious because the title of the book is called Yes, Y-E-S-S-S, -S -S, subtitle, The Sumo Secrets to Becoming a Positive, Confident Teenager. Well, what are the secrets and will you discover them and although you might not read the, the children might not read the book from front, front page to last page there's yes. going to be certain pages they will read and there's going to be certain quotes they'll come across mm. and there's going to be certain messages and illustrations that will grab their attention and could make an impact so that doesn't come out till october um, i've already promised your daughter a copy yeah. Um, now, I said I promised her a copy, Claire. I didn't talk about the financial arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to sign it for a hundred quid, we'll call it quits. Yeah, um, that comes out in October. <laughs> I'm super excited. Checks made payable too. <laughs> well, I'm excited that, you know, I say the impact more of, of children and that I can use that more in my work as well. Um, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of parents that love the Sumo message that, um, you know, that are bound to go out and read it and maybe even learn something for themselves. Um, that maybe so, teach yeah. the children. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, for being part of International Families Day at Positively Empowered Kids. Um, it's been a real pleasure to hear you um, and for you to pass on some of your great tips to all the parents out there. Do you want to just quickly um, just reiterate where people can find you? Yeah, I mentioned the Sumo for Schools website, yep. which is sumo4schools.com, but my actual website, you find out more about me and my work, is the sumoguy.com. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, again, it's at the sumo guy. So uh, that's a great way to connect. And I love having the opportunity to connect with people, definitely.
Okay, is there anything else you want to add? I think we've covered everything. We could talk for hours. I'll just do one last thing, and that is every single one of you watching this is utterly, totally and completely mad. M-A-D, making a difference. And I hope this whole day, this whole festival makes a real difference to you as well. Thank you for being part of it. And, um, you know, we can go through people's questions, um, any questions below and things, um, and we'll interact and get back to you as soon as we can. So thank you again, Paul, and um, take care and look after you and your family. Thanks, Claire. Thank you so much for listening to our fantastic Positively Empowered Kids podcast. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing, please find us at www.positivelyempoweredkids.co.uk or you can search us on all the social media platforms, Positively Empowered Kids. Bye.